Hi, it's our final picture of salvation here on Search for Truth today. It's your Bible study program with your Bible teacher, Brian Johnston. This final study in our four-part series called Pictures of Salvation is all about another long Bible word. Having looked into redemption, justification and propitiation in the last three weeks, this time it's reconciliation. Earlier, we learned how sin separates us from God, but Jesus came to die that he might deal with the sin question once and for all. So it's now possible for us to be reconciled to God. So now, Brian, I'll be explaining how this is possible with the help of a New Testament Bible story, a whole book, in fact. Brian. Yes, to introduce our fourth and final picture of salvation, pictures we're identifying from the writings of the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, we now need to introduce ourselves to what would have been, in many respects, a fairly typical family. So far, we've seen how Paul's pictures of salvation were drawn from the marketplace, the law courts, and the pagan temple shrines. For this last picture, we come much closer to home, into the circle of family life. So let's meet the family. Dad and Mum appear to be comfortably well-off, well-liked, and what's more, they're committed Christians. They host the gatherings of the local church in their own home, and they've a son who's active in serving the Lord. Some time back, there was real drama in the household when a domestic help ran off, with how much of the silverware we're not entirely sure. The fuss soon died down, until one Sunday in church, there was a dramatic announcement which contains some startling news. Perhaps by this stage, you may have a feeling that you already know this family well from somewhere. Well, you probably do, from the pages of the New Testament. Dad is Philemon, and Athia is his wife. The Church of God at Colossae, in first century Turkey, meets in their home. Their son, we believe, is Archippus, whom no less than the Apostle Paul respects as a fellow soldier. It was from this household that Onesimus ran off and didn't stop running for a thousand miles until he reached Rome. That was quite a marathon, but necessary because his crime was punishable by death under Roman law. Actually, it seems there might have been two letters to be read to the church that Sunday morning we've referred to. They are the Bible letters we now know as Colossians and Philemon. Have you ever wondered why the letter to Philemon is included in the Bible? It's only 25 verses long, with no deep meaning or direct teaching, and it's generally ignored even by the Christian public. One good reason it's there is to illustrate how we can mend broken relationships. It's also a prime example of how we should put Bible teaching into immediate daily practice. We don't fully know why Onesimus ran away. In part, it could have been to escape the gospel at home. Perhaps as a clue that he'd stolen something for his journey. Facing a death sentence, he just kept on running. A big city like Rome was just a place to lose himself. But in fact, it was there that he found himself, through meeting Paul and through becoming a born-again Christian. Perhaps Onesimus either fell into trouble in Rome or found employment in the prison service. Anyway, it was in prison that he met the Apostle Paul and Epaphras. 
he could hardly have expected to meet Epaphras, who was from his hometown of Colossae, 1,000 miles away. But God's providence is a wonderful thing. It's even possible that Epaphras was acquainted with some of the facts concerning Philemon and his runaway slave, who now stood before them. We can be sure that Paul, in conversation with Onesimus, lost no time in telling him about his need to know Jesus Christ as Saviour. Onesimus listened, and by God's grace, he responded. So like Abraham, Paul had the joy of having a son in his old age, a spiritual one. And like Joseph, he'd been made fruitful in trying conditions. It was all going to work together for good, not only with Onesimus' saving faith in Christ, but with his return and reconciliation to his master. For Paul was sending him back to Colossae to be reconciled with Philemon. But he wasn't sending him back empty-handed. He and Tychicus would be carrying two letters that are now found in our Bibles. The two letters, those of Colossians and Philemon, were written and delivered at the same time. Colossians has the direct teaching about Christ and Christian relationships, while the letter to Philemon, which I imagine the whole church heard too, simply contained a strikingly timed appeal to put it into immediate practice in the case of Onesimus, who came with them. You see, very relevant teaching for exactly that kind of real-life situation is found in the letter to the Colossians. It's this, that there is no distinction between slave and free man, as those who have been chosen of God put on a heart of compassion, forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And if that seemed to have a message that was applicable to Philemon, a little later on there was a message that was just as applicable to Onesimus, the runaway slave. Slaves, in all things obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. How often have we heard Bible teaching and been slow to put it into practice? They had an immediate opportunity brought before them in the second letter. In the more personal letter to Philemon, Paul urged Philemon to apply the teaching on reconciliation and forgiveness. What this demonstrates, quite dramatically, is the fact that reconciliation is readily associated with and frequently needed in family life or life within a household, which in those days included domestic slaves. Reconciliation with one another is one thing, albeit an important matter, but Paul spoke of our need of salvation in terms of our need to be reconciled with God. In his second letter to Corinth, he put it like this, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ be reconciled to God. So reconciliation 
is another of the major words that explain and illustrate the Christian message of salvation. Perhaps we are reminded of another story, a story told by Jesus. The story not of the runaway slave, but of the runaway son. In Luke chapter 15, we read how this young man demanded his share of his father's inheritance and then left home and spent it wastefully. Soon he was deserted by the friends he had while his money lasted, and being in debt, he was reduced to feeding pigs. It was there he came to his senses and decided to return to his father and throw himself on his mercy. If only he might hope that his father would allow him to live in the lean-to behind the cowshed, he'd be prepared to earn his passage among the hired hands on his father's farm. But when he turns around and goes to meet his father and blurts out his confession, I have sinned, he discovers his father's been waiting for him and he's welcomed back as a son with great rejoicing. Sin, our natural tendency to go our own way, is the thing that spoils our lives. It separates us from God. We are estranged from him and our debt against him accumulates. When God's Spirit works in our hearts, we too come to our senses. And whenever we throw ourselves upon God's mercy, asking for the forgiveness that's found in Jesus Christ, his Son, we discover something more than we could ever have expected. We discover God as a Father who welcomes us into his own family. When we turn from our sins and turn to God, when we receive Jesus Christ by faith, we find ourselves reconciled to God and born again as a child of God, and adopted as a legal heir of a glorious heavenly inheritance. Isn't that wonderful? We've just mentioned the word adoption. In the Roman world, a child was formally adopted at maturity, in an act that officially declared him as a legal heir to his father. It also wasn't unheard of in the Roman world for a household slave to be adopted. Paul's language in Galatians chapter 4 captures something of this when he says, As long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he is owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by the father. So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. So there we have it, reconciliation and adoption, two great Bible words explaining the Christian message of salvation as the mending of our broken relationship with God. And with them, we end our present series on pictures of salvation, a series which has seen us visit the marketplace, the law courts and the temple shrines, as well as today's more homely family setting. Thank you for sharing the time together with us, but I want to ask you a question again. Forgive me if I've asked you before, but have you been reconciled to God by believing in what Jesus did at the cross? As I am said, 
It's amazing grace. You may be aware that all our talks are available online or as a transcript booked to help in further study. So here's how to get the transcript book. If you want to, you can get it yourself by downloading a copy from churchesofgod.info forward slash media. You could then print your own copy from your computer. But if you're not able to do that and need to request a hard copy book, just write in and ask for pictures of salvation. You can use email or the post, and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN4, 8DY, UK. And our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Now, you may be interested to know that if you go to the link I mentioned before at churchesofgod.info forward slash media, you can listen again to many of these broadcasts off air by audio podcast or MP3 versions. So why not have a go and see what you can find to enjoy? Now, we've almost finished in this sharing of the study of the scriptures. But before I go, I just want to say that we have a new series next week called Sowing in Hard Soil. It's a 12-part series, and I think you'll find it very helpful because it takes a thorough look into the challenge in spreading the good news Christian message in difficult and unfavourable circumstances. I'm sure you'll enjoy it, and I invite you to share with us again next time. But till then, it's goodbye and very best wishes from Brian, our Bible teacher, David, our producer, and our singers, and me, John. So see you again soon, and in the meantime, may God richly bless you. <laughs>